You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. The before the after the show discussion, Sid Talk, was us talking about Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we were trying. We were trying by going back through Johnny Depp's list of films to find a film <clears throat> where he's just an average, normal guy. Hold on, was this before the after the show yes. discussion actually relevant to movies? Yes. Weird. <laughs> but we were going through his list to try and find Johnny Depp playing just a normal guy and not some over-the-top, cartoonish kind of character, and we found one. And it wasn't great. And that was that secret window. The rest of it is him doing, you know, larger-than-life things. Like, So, because this conversation came on because I said, Johnny Depp just is kind of what he is, isn't he? Like, that's... I'm never surprised by him. He, no. I just know what to expect, and there it is. He, do, he does it. Like, so, that, that was... And, yeah, if you go through his whole thing, aside from 21 Jump Street, from... Even when he plays himself... In Life's Too Short recently, with Warwick Davis. Yes. He's over the top, like, completely. He's a caricature He's like, yeah. of himself. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, so you never really see him playing an average. The tourist, maybe, because he was supposed to be an average guy in The Tourist. And she was the, you know, crazy over the top thing that comes into his life. But still, I don't think he really was an average guy in The Tourist. No. So, uh, that's Johnny Depp talk for this week. <laughs> So it is Saturday, that. Saturday, December the 21st, 2013. This is after the show number 306. The movie we're looking at this week is The Lone Ranger. This is a 2013 movie from our friends at Disney. It's out on Blu-ray now. It came out on the 17th, so you can pick it up now. It's PG-13. There is no tagline to this movie. Um, really? Shocking. And uh, Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of The Lone it's Ranger. It's The Lone Ranger. And what happens if I don't know what the Lone Ranger is? I don't know what the Lone Ranger is really either, but it's a guy who is not above the law. He is the fairness of the law brought to like a... What's like the wild... The time frame is like the turn of the century from 19 to 20th, around that time when trains... Well, the middle of the 19th century, I guess. Trains coming through... Native Americans, indigenous people to the North American continent are being treated horribly, wiped out, and the train is coming through, and the uh, is very lawless, but he's kind of naive, gets thrown into the middle of it, and his sense of justice is just justice. You will go to court, and you will go to jail. Because he's a lawyer. Exactly. He doesn't want to shoot anybody, and all that kind of stuff, and then he meets up with the um, Tonto who is sort of a troubled uh, indigenous person, a Cherokee, Comanche. Comanche Comanche. Indian, yeah, that's what he is. And uh, he's a Comanche, he's not an Indian. Uh, They were only called Indians because when they came here, they thought this was the Indies and it wasn't. So they're not really Indians. We just labeled them that. Their name is Comanche. And then, um, of course, there's big action. There's a love interest. And there's lots of gore. Unseen kind of gore. Yeah. That's my synopsis. Now, um, what I would say about the Lone Ranger, uh, my history with the Lone Ranger is 
when I was a child, the Lone Ranger would be on television. Uh, the music would come on. Really? Hey, it's the Lone Ranger. Hi ho, like? silver away. Like seventy? There was remakes. I don't know which one I watched. Whether I watched the the black and white one or there was another one. But it's been made over the, over time. There's been different versions, different movies. Um, so I remember it coming on. I remember watching it with my granddad. He liked it. And it was very... Um, kind of vanilla. Like, it, it was harmless. It was like... He was like a, a Wild West superhero. You know, that say always save the day. That's how, that's yeah. how they kind of made him come across. Like Sarsky and Hutch. <laughs> or not... I don't remember the Wild West superhero part. I'm saying the idea that uh, Charlie's Angels or the Hulk or the The A-Team, anybody that's relentlessly... But he was just, you know, he was the good guy you could aspire to be and he rode the white horse. And And he was was uncorruptible. Yeah. Same, like, uncorruptible. And slightly naive in a way. uh, There was that to him. So I always loved watching it on TV. But then, between then and now, I've had no exposure to the Lone Ranger whatsoever. I knew they were making a new Lone Ranger movie, and I was. We saw the trailer actually. It feels like a long time ago, like a yeah. year ago. And it looked fun. The trailer showed you the train scene, the opening scene with the train, basically, the whole thing almost. Um, and it looked fun. So, going into this movie, it didn't have like mega expectations for it. I thought it'd be crap. But I kind of know what Gore Verbinski does. Um, I thought I would hate it. You know, Gar Verbinski did the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and this has that kind of filmmaking quality. It's it's kind of funny uh, action. It's an adventure. It fits in with that. Another one it also fits in with. I was thinking was yes, cannibalism is hilarious. Um, Prince of Persia that Disney made, or you know, because yeah. Brockheimer did that too. He he has a certain thing about his movies, so I kind of knew what to expect, and I thought it might have been a bit. You know, poor. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. I did too. I'm here now, to say. I have got some flaws with it. Sure. And one flaw, one big flaw for me is I think it was a little bit too long because it was two hours and thirty minutes, and there was a bit in the middle where I felt it really dip. I was almost losing interest. Which part? There was just a big long part in the middle where it was. I don't know. It. it it just to me it feels like it needs twenty minutes removing from it to make it perfect. I disagree. Right. But that's my that's just what I think. I did feel a lull. Are you in becoming the one of those people? No. Oh, but I, I didn't God. feel this movie a light hearted kind of But it's not light hearted, it's got horrible stuff in it. It has, but I, what I mean is like a Pirates of the Caribbean style uh movie. And Pirates of the Caribbean movies I personally also think suffer from being a little bit too long. Especially that second one. And I'm just going to say right now before you go on, I don't agree that it's Pirates of the Caribbean-like at all. I mean, it's big action, but it's not as campy and... Not as. You know what I mean? It's got a dark... It's got the humor of Pirates of the Caribbean. But it's peppered through. It's not constant. Where Pirates of the Caribbean is just this big cartoon, but in life... I see it similar. It's a similar vibe to that. I just get the vibe of it. Parts of it, It's not the It's not the same filmmaking. It's just the vibe of it. So, but this movie I felt felt a bit long. Um, I don't know what it was. I was losing interest in them in the middle. It was just like... 
Like, what part specifically, if you can think of something? I can't think of it. It's just a big lull in the middle for me where I was kind of like, um, this, it's really not going anywhere right now. It's like, um, we're trying to have more moments between them. Some of it's quite flat and not funny, or some of it's trying to be funny, but it's not funny. There was a bit of I that. I some examples. I don't understand. I'm trying to think. I want to give examples because of spoilers. And secondly, I, I, you just, just think it's in the middle of the movie. I'm trying to, but I don't think of any part that didn't keep me interested. Right. So, but you're not me. Well, that, I'm just Clearly. giving you my. I'm giving you my. Obviously. What I think of this movie. Um, but I'm just worried about you. I think you're becoming one of those people. No, because I'm just making <laughs> my opinions on this one movie, right? So, and it's okay. not the kind of movie that needs to be two and a half hours long for me. And neither were Pirates of the Caribbean. I do have that also with Pirates of the Caribbean. They are very long. Sometimes approaching three hours. Definitely number two was. And I felt it. That number two is the... But the, my part isn't... My thing isn't about being bored or anything. It's about the I know, action. I just feel... The action sequences get too drawn out. That's my thing with them sometimes. I feel there's just too... No, say mine's the total of the opposite. Action sequences I really like. It's the other parts sometimes which are just... Oh, we're all going to sit around and try and be funny. And a, and a lot of it's hit and miss in these kind of movies. And I feel the humour in The Lone Ranger is really hit and miss. There's some really funny stuff, and then there's some stuff where you go, oh my god, so forced, like, why yes. are you making him say that? It's and just... what is wrong with Gorbabinski that he thinks that's funny? And it's almost like that vaudevillian kind of dialogue, like, from... It's it's very, like, Lois coming Yeah, and like... when you think about what the flip side of some of those jokes is, if you take a movie and put it on a, on a chart or thing, you know, and you put dots of the darkest most kind of terrible thing in the movie versus the lightest, hardest thing, right? Well, the most terrible thing, almost. Other than killing a child, maybe. <laughs> but that comes close, is what the part reading, you know, was like cannibalism. And then at the top of it, are these, like, poop jokes? Where his head goes through some poop? And that's That's what I, I mean. There's a lot of that, where I think it feels completely forced because they're like... Oh, we haven't had a joke for a while. We need a joke Exactly. Now. Alleviate, and, alleviate the tension. And I'm, I'm actually fine with... This movie is actually quite surprising. And I've heard this mentioned. It's a Disney movie. And it, you know, it gets publicized as a Disney movie. Yet, it is quite violent. Way more violent than Pirates of the Caribbean movies are. Yes. Because it's dealing with guns and men, right? So it's... It, I mean, I know that was too. But this is literally like the Wild West... Men shooting at each other and people dying. No, like, oh, he fell off his horse, he'll probably be alright. No, he's actually dead. Like, there's lots of death. Yes. Um, lots of death. Big, epic death sequences. Like... Yes. And it, you know, it, it gives it this... When it's doing that, it gives it this really, like, tone for me that's, like, sad and, like, oh, wow, we're so violent. And then, like, Tonto says something stupid. There's a bit of a disconnect. Like in it, agree. Like, but you know, some of the stuff was funny. I just felt like somebody sat down and said, "We need more funny now." Like this has been grim for a while. We need more funny. But I liked it when it felt dangerous and grim more than when it was funny. Yes, like somebody and it's a person I was afraid you're becoming is sitting there watching the movie, and they're so fucking sensitive to anything dark or sad or challenging. Kind of like because this movie covers, you know, the idea of progress, quote-unquote, ripping through the American, what was then becoming the American, you know, West, 
and basically killing off anything in its way. That's a it's a dark, horrible thing. It's happened all over the globe. It happens with almost every civilization. I mean, it's it's not a dark a... thing. And if somebody's sitting there watching, going, oh, it's, this, this seems really depressing. Can't we have a little bit of lightheartedness in the middle? That's what it feels like. Like, I say, no, just plow through the darkness. <laughs> like, just cope with it, face it. And if you need to put some grown-up humor in there... To, to trouble is the humor's not grown up. That's it isn't. The, that's the trouble. So if, you think if, that's because it's Disney and well, Peter that's the thing. If the, if this movie's aim, if this is a Disney movie and like it's for everybody to I watch, I think it's Verbinski. That's what I mean. If this is billed as a Disney movie, everybody's to watch it. Well, then it doesn't work in that respect because it's way too violent and dark. If it's billed as oh, it's um, not a Disney movie. It's for adults and there's some. You know, adult humor. There isn't really adult humor. It's silly, like poop jokes. It's literally, literally. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I like like a, it's kind of a turn your brain off kind of just have some fun at the movies kind of movie, and I like that. And the special effects in this movie, which we learn from the extras, are not a lot of special effects. It's a lot of practical stuff. Oh, there's um, a lot of CGI, but a lot of those big pieces. There is, yeah, but yeah. there was stuff where I was like, wow, uh, that is not what I thought it was. <laughs> and there's a train. Well, there's no surprise that there's a train in this, because the trailer is, shows you a big train thing. But there's a train sequence in this movie that I adored. And you know what? I was watching it, and I was like, this reminds me of like early Spielberg or George Lucas. What they would do. Like, it's, it's a heralding back to the old days. It's kind of... It's For cam- example? Like what they would... Like like the early Indiana Jones ones. Or, you know, like it's it's a fun... Like when you see Indiana Jones having a chase in one of the old Indiana Jones movies, he's... It's fun. You're rooting for the hero. It's... But it's a little bit ridiculous. Spectacular. It's a little bit ridiculous. There's a tank in the third one. It's like crazy. Like the... In the cave in number two, when they're in the train car thingy, the boy and the woman and yeah. him. And it's going and it's, all over. And it's, but it's yeah. got that, like, um, it, what to me is, like, from the golden age of cinema, what they are inspired by. This felt like that, but it obviously technologically amazing, right? Because it there's a lot going on in this scene at the end, this chase. Um, I was amazed by it. And I was th- I, the first thing that came to my mind was Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Ugh. How poor. And, and we're You're talking, reading my mind. And we're talking Steven Spielberg and George Lucas made that fourth Indiana Jones movie that I actually like but it's full of faults but I kind of like it but the chases in that movie were just like uh, did they just give it to somebody else yeah the jungle with the monkeys yeah that's what I was thinking now so I was watching this and going why didn't George Lucas and um Steven Spielberg do something this awesome or why didn't they know when they saw it that it maybe they knew it wasn't good or they didn't care it really feels like something they didn't do to me that movie and this I was like this could be a George Lucas scene sequence. This is what it reminds me of. Is there's a you know I don't want to spoil it, but there's a horse, there's a train. But I hate to break it to you, but that stuff existed way before Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. They did, did. but that's where the people they who in, yeah they were inspired. They watched the Lone Ranger yeah. when they were boys, and so those chain cha- those train chases with the horses riding and all that shit was what inspired and them. And that's what I. It all evoked that for me. Yeah. So I, and they're the people I uh, kind of relate to. My, you know, people I grew up with movies was Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. And they're obviously, they they watch westerns and, you know, adventure movies and stuff when they were kids. But this brought all that back. I was watching it, the music, the whole thing. I was like, 
this is like what cinema, like fun cinema is about. You know, it's it's a cool sequence. It's like I've not ever seen. It's a train chase like you've never seen before. Never. It's really insane. It's It goes over the top, but doesn't feel silly. And it's, when you boil it down, it's like, is the bad guy, is the good guys. It's just a battle to the finish kind of thing. That's all it is. But I really enjoyed the che- this two action sequences really pretty much in this movie, and I enjoyed both of them. The bit Only in the middle, <clears throat> yeah. There's just the train at the beginning and the train at the end, right? Like in in between that, it, there's not really any big action sequences. I mean, there's people shooting at each other. Yeah. But as far as yeah, big things go, it's the at the front and the end, right? I really enjoyed it for that. It just brought back that, you know, adventure. And I was like, I want to watch Indiana Jones. So you want that to be that way the whole time? No, I think it was good, Hmm. as as it were. I liked the backstory of the Lone Ranger and uh, Tonto. but It's it's deep. Yeah, it is. And it's spiritual. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. And it's obvious why it's interesting. Um, I like their spin on it as well. You know, it's a little bit different to the original one. I don't know anything about the original story other than Unfortunately, this this movie was a huge flop. It was, it was, you like John Carter, which I really like John Carter, too. and that did nothing for Disney. This is the second big flop Disney. This cost $250 million to make, which is huge, humongous amount of money. And they only made uh, $70 million back, which doesn't bode well As for... As of what date? Now. That was the latest number I saw when I looked it up today, which is not... You know, I'm sure they had big... I don't know why it wouldn't appeal to a lot of people. Maybe because people got wind. You can't really take your kids to see this. It's You can't, and it's a very sensitive subject. There's that too, yeah. It is. I have heard some churchy, preachy people and some very conservative, rich asshole people who claim it is a movie that's trying to derail children from capitalism. <laughs> that it is trying to teach children that the big, bad, white men who want to make money are very bad. These are almost exact words I heard from someone in a clip talking about this movie and another one that came out what it was. But this one very specifically, and I thought, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like what, the what you- but that I understand what they're saying. Because they're making industrialists and these capitalists and the men who want to build the railroad across and who basically are eliminated everything in their path. It shows them for what they are. It's completely insidious and horrible. And yet we all stand on the shoulders of that, so we can't be hypocrites and blah, blah, blah. But that was one of the big arguments. So churches banned it. They told their congregations not to go see it. Uh, um, that, that's probably part of it. Parts then. of it, But yeah. another part of it, I would think, is it gets wind round quickly. Is I don't remember it, what the religious side of it was. You know, people say, is the Lone Ranger good to take my kids to? And another person says, well, no, I wouldn't see it. You wouldn't take your kids to that. And then all of a sudden... There's a... <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's not full, is it, in the afternoons because kids yeah. can't see it. Like, so I think that probably happened um, because it's not definitely nothing to do with the quality of the movie because it's as good a quality. Because if you say it's Johnny Depp, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean with in the West, and people are like, I took my kids to see. Oh, they love Pirates. They watch Pirates of the Caribbean three times a week yeah, at home. It seems Pirates of the Caribbean seems way more, even though Pirates of the Caribbean has deaths and supernatural scary things in it it seems way less because it's very re- removed from like yeah it's not anything American that we history. identify with none right. of us have any connection to piracy or the time i of- mean no we just glamorize pirates don't we like we have that pirates thing like obviously pirates are horrible 
individuals and pirate, pirates operate today, and it's disgusting, right? But I know what you're saying. Though. We have this glamorized pantomime version. version of, of yeah. a pirate, so we like that, and we just see it that way, don't we? With this, it's like know? right there. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's 150 years ago or whatever. It but. is, but you know, your kids still learn about this when they're in school. I'm assuming about how oh, do they cover it over? I don't sure. know. Well, right. not the Lone Ranger. Not the Lone Ranger, but I mean <laughs> yeah. that period of time, yeah. which well, you know, it's not, it's not a proud thing to. There's some horrible things. Everybody's done horrible things. A country did some horrible things. We well, did a lot of horrible things. British people. Yeah, Roman Empire. Everybody. I'm saying every. It's one Australia, of those where we people put it under the cap. You compare it like Australia with their indigenous people and how in the last fifty years it's become a hit, a thing about that. Same with us and our, you know, different tribes of native well they're indigenous people too and you just it feels like it's raw even though it's like nobody who's alive today not one person had anything to do with building the railroad in 1850 like nobody even if your great 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 grandfather owned the shit you didn't do it so and on the other side of that even if your great 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 grandfather was you know his tribe was killed and three people lived and one of them happened to be your great 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 grandmother so you, sur- you know, the thing survive. You're still not, you weren't there. Like, so and, it's, but it feels like it. Well, obviously this is not there will be blood. And it's not like, <laughs> yeah. a, it's not, it's a very fun take just using that as a backdrop. You know what? I would rather it be like there will be blood. I would rather see. They could, I could see a serious version of this film. Cut out every joke. Yeah. And make Johnny I think Depp it would work, not actually. be kind of goosey sometimes. Or not be Johnny Depp. Well, it could be him, but cut out the goosey. He had he has moments of seriousness. I could you know? see it. I could see a serious version of it, and it, it would like work identically. Like Batman, that. Batman became serious instead yeah. of like. And a there's joke. a campy version, and they both work in their own way, don't they? So I could see this too with this. I don't know whether it was the. I think it. I th- it's not about the quality of the film. The reason it didn't do well no, it's really because good. the film is really well made. Amazing sets and costumes, and it, it looks the part. It's like. You know, it looks like they spent a lot of money, which they did. I, I, that's why I kind of expected not to like it in some way, but I come out of it like with this. I want to go and watch Indiana Jones. I want to. I want adventure yeah. films. I want more of these like adventure films where you can just watch it and it, you root for the hero and the bad guys get what's coming to them. It's old fashioned. It's fun, you know. So that's what I got from it, and I think that sequence at the end is worth watching it alone. Don't just watch that sequence. Watch the whole movie. I mean, it has some weird CGI moments. I just think I it think was a really so good payoff. It was a really <laughs> good payoff because they used the Lone Ranger theme. It's got this nostalgia thing, not for you, but for me, it's got this nostalgia thing of, you know, sitting with my granddad watching it. Aww. And I think they did it really justice. Like, uh, that end part was, you know, it's the superhero duo coming to the rescue isn't it it's what you want like it's batman and robin it's yes so yeah i i enjoyed it it's not the best film of the year or anything but it's definitely if people have been telling you this oh don't watch the lone ranger it's terrible it didn't make any money that's you should watch it just don't watch it with your little children yeah not with little children but you know teenagers yeah perfectly fine so let's go on to the cast here johnny depp plays tonto we talked about him earlier it's a it's Jack Sparrow without all the flamboyant bits. Kind of, yeah. He kind of hobbled, you know, he kind of got this swagger about him. It's 
but knock away all the like cheeky flamboyant bits. He's kind of serious. Kind of damaged. He, he wants his message. He, you know, he he's got a, he's got a message inside him, kind of thing that he needs to he's on his come own to quest. terms with. Yeah, like and but it's not Jack Sparrow, but sometimes it kind of is. I'm like, oh, you know, you, you know, you the moments where it's like glance at each yeah, other and very, a little bit of a twist of a head. It's but very it's, it's the same person. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's totally. the same person, so you can't avoid it completely. And then Army Hammer, who we last... Uh, I mean, I'm familiar with him from The Social Network. Um, a and, couple other people saw that, too. Yes. <laughs> um, and he plays the Lone Ranger, and I really liked him. I did, too. And you know what? When we watched the extras as well, I liked the guy's enthusiasm. <laughs> he seems... He actually, as a person... When you in the extras, he's he's talking about you know it's just a normal playing himself, not playing anybody, no. being himself. He's got that naivety that the Lone Ranger has in the movie, like himself. And I was like, wow, he's like almost not playing the Lone Ranger. He is kind of like that in real life. Well, we don't know that. We only saw just the, the way extras. he comes across. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was being phony. He was just saying how wonderful this is and that and that, you know. And it was just very. I was like, wow, he, he's just this enthusiastic. I think he's enthusiastic. Guy. I don't think he's naive. But I think he's enthusiastic about the job of being an actor and all the w- cool stuff he got to do. Yeah, but in a kid-like way, which I, I was like, wow. It's, I didn't. I, I expected him to be like some serious, you know, after the social network. I thought he was some serious, you know. And this is totally a different role to the social network. Yeah. Say that. But yeah, I think he did really well. And, you know, having him as the hero of this movie and he's like the leading man. And, you know, a lot of people don't know who he is. Maybe that's another reason why it didn't do great. Maybe. You know? I, I, th- I liked him, though. I think he really pulled it off. There was something about him that was... I liked him from the moment I saw him on... You know, when he was on the train at the beginning with the kid? I I just thought, oh, okay. Because at first I was like, how is he going to be like... But then it's like the hero who's just like a normal dude, which I always fall for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I really liked him. Did you like him a lot? I didn't like him a lot, but I like him I'm more than I thought. Now, I recall earlier in this discussion, I said I didn't think I would like this movie at all. I don't know why. I just wasn't interested. Oh, yeah, last week you said to me. Because mm. uh, I wasn't interested. I wasn't interested in Lone Ranger. Didn't care about it. Don't really care about seeing Johnny Depp as another caricature of anything. And I'd seen the trailer, and that's what it is, and that's what it is. That's not incorrect. And I was not interested. Like, and Army Hammer was one of the main reasons I was, like, pleasantly surprised and kept wanting to see him, how he was doing everything. So I think that says something. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, he's wonderful, but... I was, I think, because my expectation was so zero, not in lower, but just nothingness. He almost brought that kind of old timey character to it, like, like I. He wasn't quite forceful enough for me. He was a little bit. They made him a little bit too naive. lawyery rather than not just lawyerly, but like, like wishy washy lawyerly, and not even you don't even get a hint of him wanting to be the hero guy. Not even at all. Like, there's not even moments, and it doesn't even come through ultimately. Personally, it's just kinda it almost away. feels like Tonto wants him to be the hero guy, not himself in this. Like, Tonto absolutely yeah. wants him to be a hero. And he's encouraging him and telling him what he should do, and more than he wants it. That's how it seems. Um, which, 
Yeah. It's not how it seemed in the old version. I don't know. No, I don't it's think not. I've ever no, seen it's it. not how it seemed. It, it's he was an actual, you know, the yeah. the rearing up on the horse. He was the all the ladies flocked to him. That kind of guy. Like the ladies flocked to him in the show when he comes into the town. Yeah. Really? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, like a heartthrob of today. Are like, you remembering this correctly? Absolutely. <laughs> I have to look. He'd go in the tavern, all the women would be coming over to him. In this one, they actually, in the... In the opposite. In He's the tavern, um, they knew Tonto. Tonto's name. Hey, Tonto. Like, yeah. So, you know, Tonto has got They know Tonto. <laughs> so, um, William Fickner plays Butch Cavendish, who's the baddie. Fitchner. Oh, I spelt it wrong. Fitchner. 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 F-I... Yeah. F-I-C-H-T. You all know who he is. He's from uh, Armageddon. He's from... You know what? You all know who he is, but you probably don't know his name because you've seen him in so many but things. But he's always good. Yeah, he's always he intense. Really and he was good in this because he got to play... A very horrible... Horrible, but like kind of old-fashioned kind very of Very old-fashioned. Yeah. The kind of bad guy you'd see cross from Clint Eastwood. Yeah. But in a cartoony way, a little bit. Yeah, like, very... It wasn't... But it's horrible. Like, he's horrible. He's horrible, yeah, and he'll do anything. But he's not just, like, the bad guy who'll... He's not, like, a Jesse James character to shoot you and take your money. But he almost reminds me of a cartoon character the way he is. Like, the way... The he's, mannerisms he's of re- He's really good. Yeah. Um, he is good. He's a good buddy. Um, I'm always afraid of him. I always think there's... You know... I have no idea what he's going to do at any time. So that's always good for me with the bad guy. And, yeah, and he does cross the line a few times. <laughs> yeah. or, Cross that Disney movie line. Yeah, well, somebody's yeah. got a scrimshaw leg because of him. Um, <laughs> and then Tom Wilkinson, who I really like a lot, plays um, Latham Cole. Always plays the good, bad, sleazy fucker. Yeah, and does it really well. He does it well. And in this, he gets, I think, again, I feel like he has to have some fun with that character, even though it's not... Pretty not, much, yeah, there's not... I mean, he gives big, long speeches... But the character's not fully on the up and up, let's say. He's, he's, uh... No. <laughs> um, Ruth Wilson plays Rebecca Reed. Um, I didn't know she was British. I didn't either. What else was she in? Uh, she, I was looking her up. She's been in, like, um, Anna Karina. Like, a lot of these period kind uh, of... We've definitely seen her in something else. Um, she was in... Uh, I looked her up at all the things, and there was nothing that I knew. And it was a lot of, like, Jane Eyre. She was in the TV series on BBC One. Right. But I didn't know she was British. She did really good not being British oh, yeah. um, act. Like they say, the, the southern kind of accent. Is the easiest one. Yeah, and that's what they all, the kind of cowboy thing. And she's kind of like, if you ever want to come home, you just come on home. I liked her. She, she was a, I liked that she had some thing about her mm-hmm. rather than being, Yes. you know, who, Mary Jane. What woman did we have recently? Ugh, Mary Jane. Ugh, gross. <laughs> but she had something about it, you know, she could handle herself. Yeah, we had a woman, recently woman character, it was like, ugh, what was the point? I can't remember who it was, but... Some, like... Totally Just needs rescuing type of, type of woman. Um, then we've got Helena Bonham Carter as Red Harrington. She's like the brothel, um, what do you call that lady? The head of the brothel. <laughs> Madam. Madam. And yeah. she's a caricature, of course. Absolutely. Not, not terribly over the top, though, the way her behavior was. Her behavior was pretty controlled. I, I almost wanted more of her backstory. Like, I... I you want her and Tonto's backstory? <laughs> she just seemed interesting to me. And well, yes. very underutilized, you know? She wasn't particularly in the movie a lot. No. Um, 
and she seemed interesting. Like she had stories to tell. Obviously, she had a story to tell. Um, yeah. And she had an interesting uh, appendage, let's say. Yes. So yeah, I, I like her. Um, she's like Johnny Depp, though. You kind of know what you're going to get. It's a bit over the top always. Um, I think she spends a lot of time with Johnny Depp, and uh, they're very theatrical, which isn't bad. It's just that it comes, with, it follows them everywhere they go. Yeah, it does. Now, Whatever in King's is. Speech, you know, she was fine because she can do that too. I sort of have a preconceived thing of her as well, though, that kind of right, I but, bring to it. Right, but that she didn't bring that to there. She was fine. And then finally, I'd put down Barry Pepper as Fuller. I like Barry Pepper. He's another one mm. who you'll be like. Who's Barry Pepper? As soon as you see him, you're like, oh, yeah. What else yeah. was he in? No, I don't remember. He's in lots of movies. The one of you said looks really intense yeah. when he was talking. What else was he in? I, I can't remember. That's what I'm saying. You don't know. He's been in so many films, but you'll go, oh. Is he always yeah. a bad guy? Yeah, sometimes he's like a soldier or a... Which he was this time? Yeah. like He's, he's in the pack. Like, you know, I'm thinking he was in um, Saving Private Ryan. I think you're right. He's always an intense. He was super kind of skinny, dude. wasn't he? Or something? Yeah, and you'll know him as soon as you see his face. But in here, he's kind of covered up a little bit with the hair and stuff. So, but he was good. I yeah, yeah, him. very good. Um, and this is directed by Gore Verbinski, who is famous for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But before the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he made The Mexican, which I really liked, and The Weatherman, which I really like a mm-hmm. lot, uh, which is a Nicolas Cage film. In which Nicolas Cage is not the caricature that he does a lot of times. No, it's quite moving as well, that movie, I think. It's kind of funny, but then it's got this very interesting message yeah. to it. Um, so, yeah, I like the direction this guy does. I definitely, he, he knows how to make things look impressive. Yeah, but he's kind of full of shit. Let's all admit it. Can we just say Grover has potty brain like he can't get over putting those There's that that side of it. I don't he, know if that's he, him or that's Brokenheimer I don't know is it. he catering to something no I just think it seems to follow I mean at least in the Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff there's always these obviously sort of like, the, there's a formula now isn't there it's either they, like I, I do it intentionally because I do find these stupid jokes funny or well I want to make a little bit more class like a little more sophisticated movie but the studio insists so if they want something funny test audiences laugh when the yeah, poo joke so comes yeah so fine on. we'll just yeah. put the poo on the ground and let it go but I just don't I don't know I think he's not he's unfallible he knows how to make things he, he, he definitely can film action very well I, I definitely his action scenes are amazing one that stands out in Paris of the Caribbean is the hamster wheel type thing with Johnny Depp oh I hated that I really liked that I thought it was a really fun Totally... I don't think I hated it, but I thought it was really boring. Um, with the cages. Totally off the wall, kind of... I didn't expect it, and it... It's, yeah, it's like he wants to make Tom and Jerry into a live-action Yeah, movie. I think I think so. <laughs> you know? And it's often fun for me, and I, I found that fun, and I found the train sequences really fun. I don't think I have a sense of humor. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you <laughs> need to get one. I, don't, I think it's a little late for that. So... Well, my sense of humor is so sophisticated. So this Blu-ray comes with a bunch of extras. Um... Not too many. Um, Bottom line, about, who would you recommend this movie to? About the right amount of extras. Before we move on to the extras. Like, who would you say? Anybody like me. <laughs> well, that clears it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, honey, there is nobody like you. I think anybody who likes Pirates of the Caribbean. 
I disagree because that would means... Would like this. No, absolutely not. Because well, people like opinion. the Pirates of the Caribbean because it's fluffy and funny and all the way through. There's no darkness. This is this could freak some people out. There's some darkness in Pirates of the Caribbean. Not much. Yeah, there is. No, there isn't. Not like this. Let's be honest. <laughs> this is hardcore. I would recommend this, though. Um, but it's not for kids, as we said. But there again, it's not made for kids. It says PG-13 on the back. It's not made for little kids. It's not a Disney movie for little kids. John Carter was a PG-13. It's like... Mm-hmm. If you like John Carter. I would say. You mean if you're a person who likes movies that other people don't like? Yeah. <laughs> or the, the flop <laughs> movies. The movies that flop. No, that's, that's not true. It's a good... I like it. So, the... The um, extras on here are... There's a bloopers reel, which is exactly what you would think that is. There's a deleted scene, which is like... It's not a finished scene, because it would have been really expensive, I guess, to finish it yes. just for the Blu-ray. But it's, uh, it involves locusts. I quite enjoyed it, and I pi- I pictured it in my mind... Yeah, me too. ...better than it looked on the screen, because it was kind of like a PS2 game on the screen. Um, there's Riding the Rails of the Lone Ranger... Arnie's Western Road Trip, Army's Western Road Trip, and Becoming a Cowboy. Now, that it's like a, it's three different extras that take you through the making of the movie, and it's... I, li- I like the one where it was the road trip with Army, where he's just like saying, oh, these are all the different places we filmed, and this is what's different about them, and you see some on the set stuff. There's very little of Johnny Depp talking, even though he does make an appearance, but he, he's obviously not in the same... Yeah. He's in a studio or whatever. I, I thought that was kind of weird that it was very little of him. You know, no, I don't think it's weird. Um, but they're just about the right amount of extras. It's not. So there's no commentary though, which I always like. And a there's commentary. no feature about the costumes. There's no feature about the music, which is fine with me. No. Oh, I have to mention the music though. Hans Zimmer did the music here, and he's classy. I'm loving his stuff recently. Man of Steel, amazing. It's, it's Batman. This one he did. The, How does he find the time? Uh, William Tell Overture, which which is the Lone Ranger's theme, but he like redid it and it, it had all kinds of interesting. <laughs> during the train scene, it broke out into like an orchestral bit where that theme just kind of disappeared into the background. It was really awesome. Like I I love what he does with stuff. It might seem obvious for this movie to do it that. It is, yeah. But it really works during the scene, and you know you can listen to the whole thing because if someone, how old is Hans Zimmer? On, I mean, Seem, seems about fifty-five to me when I look at him. Seems about yeah. So his age group would be maybe ones who did watch it even you know earlier, and so you have to think if he's thinking back. Wow, when I watched the Lone Ranger, I just remember that music. You got and to if, use if that that's music. your main thing, memory of it, then you can't just go poo-poo on that. I'm too, I'm too, I'm too Hollywood for that. We're not going to go there. But he totally, but you don't get it for a long time. No, and what's awesome about it. When it does happen, it's not straight up that theme, even though it is. But then he, he mixes it into, like, Wild West, like, Deadwood music, I would call it. Like, bit, yeah. like that twangy kind of guitar mu- in the background, along with it. It's pretty interesting how he did it. Um, so, yeah, but the, I would like to see an extra with that. But I guess Hans Zimmer's very busy, because he yeah, seems I, to be writing the music for all films. I think writing music <laughs> is just, like, it seems so intense. So, in conclusion here, it's a really good Blu-ray. It's a, you know, a nice set. Um, good extras. It's a long movie. Two and a half hours. So you get your money's worth. Well, some people would say you don't, if, you do, if they don't like it. But I enjoyed it. It was a really fun afternoon at the movies for me. 
Just go in with no expectations except expect not to take your children in. Right. I mean, unless you want to explain to them some... <laughs> if you're like, if you, you know... You're it's not gory, action. like, overtly gory. No. But it's, it's not, like, heads blowing off or anything. But I could see a little five-year-old watching it and going, What's he doing? <laughs> Why are what? all those people asleep now? What do he do, Mommy? Yeah. Why does he have blood on his mouth? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yes. So, Ew. um... So, yeah, that's, um... The Lone Ranger. Thanks to Disney for the Blu-ray. And if you want to enter a contest this week, go to aschoolie.com. We've got a few going at the moment. A couple of new ones coming next week. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be Matt Damon in Elysium. So that will be next week. Uh, and that is the new movie from the director of District 9, which I love District 9. So, And it's been a while, that, hasn't it? Seems and I like, believe Finchner is in that as well. As I was looking down his list. I yeah, think he's in it. And Jodie Foster. And... Matt Damon. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. That is next week. Who's Matt Damon again? Is he one of those anonymous famous people? He's that blonde guy. (laughs) So, movie year. What is this, movie year? Movie year. You sound so excited about it every time you say movie year. You say a movie, the title of a movie, and I will have to then, from the depths of my movie-watching brain, find the data to tell you what year it was released in. And you can play along at home. Just you I can't look say, it up. You can't Google it. No, just do it on the cuff because we're going to tell you the answer quickly anyway. Yeah. Mine is the Wild Bunch. Sam Peckinpah. Sam Peckinpah. The director. Who's the in Wild it? Bunch. Who's in it? I don't know it. I you can't have any more information. It's a very famous western called the Wild Bunch. Nineteen seventy-seven. Wrong. 1969. <laughs> the year I was born. The year you were born. And you know what? I didn't even look at mine. So don't look. All right. Boys and girls. So. Mine is. And the Wild Bunch. If you've never seen the Wild Bunch and you like westerns, it's probably the best western. Mine's like totally the Valley Girl. Valley Girl. Not the Valley Girl. The I Valley Girl. I don't think I've seen that movie. It's got the song in it that won me over. Don't change. I'm thinking it's from the eight. Oh, it has Don't Change in it. Oh, shit. I gave you a clue. Uh, <laughs> that's in excess. Don't change. That would be about... 80... 80. Is that a final guess? Yes. Only because of my clue. Now, if I hadn't said the clue, what would you have said? Mm, 80-something. 85. <laughs> You're getting closer. <laughs> 83, which ah, I'm surprised. I've never but seen that movie. I remember it being on uh, HBO a lot, and I d- it had Nicolas Cage in it. It did have Nicolas Cage in yeah. it. Very young Nicolas Cage. Yep, and some other lots of other famous people. And you go, oh, 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 who's that? Like uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High has Eric Stoltz and Nicolas Cage, and you know, you just go. Oh, I've never man. seen that either. Oh my! You wouldn't like it now, I don't think. You'd think it's. I don't think I would. That's why I never go to it. I've seen clips from it. But when you're but like, it means nothing to when me you're a teenager, Ferris Bueller girl. means a lot to me because I watched that one a lot when I was a, right growing up, right? But I didn't. Some of them didn't. I never saw. I never definitely never saw that one. You never saw Sixteen Candles. Never saw Sixteen. I saw, I've seen Sixteen Candles now, and I do like it because John Hughes stuff. It if you like one, you kind of like all of it. I feel that's how it feels. to Well, me. then you'd like you need like Valley Girl then and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, they're silly. Um. But speaking of as a teenager of the 80s and growing up in the 80s, I'm going to say they're so sophisticated. The humor of the day was so much more sophisticated no, no. than it is now. <laughs> not really, no. No. So um, movie recommendations. We'll recommend you some movies 
to watch aside from the Lone Ranger. And I'm going with the other Gore Verbinski movie that I really like, which is The Weatherman. I think it was. I think that was really underlooked at the time, and I think a lot of people probably didn't see it. So you should see that. Did it come right off of Leaving Las Vegas? Wasn't it kind of around that time when he was doing sort of like more? I do remember really loving it, and then thinking, "Oh, why didn't that? Why didn't pe- more people talk about that movie?" Like you know, it's another like Magnolia. You know, it's my favorite movie. Most people don't know what it is, or or they it didn't. You know, there are a lot of mopey people in the world who don't like dark sad yeah. shit and magnolia is about <laughs> as across the board it's a downer isn't it's it? a challenging emotional it's not a roller coaster because there's no up it's all you go down and then you're there like for the almost the whole time and you got to really hang on it's tight. just so intricate that's why it I is like it. the human condition just like there will be blood just like Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights just happens to have a little bit more colorful. That one kind to of it. caught on more, didn't it? But, and that's because it had a little more balance. And it but also has pawn. It's about pawn. There Will Be Blood is, across the board, not a happy movie. But it's... Not and The Weatherman is... It's quite depressing. Like It is, but it's, really, it's got really it's, cl- fun parts. It does. You know? But yeah. there's the actual... You, you you think when you're watching it, oh, it's just like a dopey comedy or whatever, but then you realize it's not that, and hmm. that's what I liked about it. Because there's some things where you start watching it and go, okay, I know exactly what this is, and that's what it is. That, I was surprised at the end going, not because of the ending or anything, just because, oh, wow, it isn't what I thought it is. It's more... In- he also was in the Family insightful. Man. Family Man's also good. With Taya Leone. Um, so, yeah, The Weatherman... Um, and my second one is uh, I was thinking of a western to recommend that kids shouldn't see ever. No kids Django. should ever. Oh no, not that one. And and my, this one would be it's a movie from like the early seventies, and it's called Soldier Blue. And I talked to you about it the other day. Uh, it's on Netflix if you actually want to see it. Um, it's a really, really grisly, realistic enactment of horrible. Cavalry versus uh, Native Americans, yeah. and it's warts and all. I, I would, I would compare it to like how Braveheart's battles are um, shown to you. It's right. heads flying off. It's other body parts coming off. Oh, it's dear. very, very graphic. Very nineteen seventies as well, and very epic. Um, Why is it good? I. W- it was one of the first. I'd watched a lot of westerns when I was young, and when I say kids shouldn't watch this, they shouldn't, but I was a kid when I watched it. I don't know how. I watched it on video or something. I probably shouldn't have been watching it, and then ended up watching it. But it was the first western where I really loved it, because it wasn't like play acting. Right. It was feel like a real thing. It felt like... Like, I love Apocalypse Now, and that's a really realistic depiction of war, Vietnam War specifically. This is how that felt. Like, it just felt, oh, this is like a documentary of what is happening, and it's horrible. Or like you said, like the deer hunter. The level of... Realism to it. So, yeah, that's Soldier Blue. You can find that on Netflix if you want to see it. Um, Sidtop, what are your recommendations? Mine are... (laughs) uh, Season 3, Episode 9, Star Trek The Next Generation. The episode is called... The Vengeance Factor. Now, let me explain. My recommendations, by the way, have nothing to do usually with the movie that we've seen on the week, if you've never listened to this before. This is because I'm going through Star Trek Generation, New Next Generation again, 
And this is like the third time I've ever watched all these. And until now, until that episode, watching it again this time, I've never given Riker much credit. I always thought, what's the big deal? He's a bit wishy-washy. Why do? Why are we supposed to think of him as this this great adventurer, potential captain of a of a Starfleet, you know, uh, ship or anything like that? And all of a sudden, I'm watching this one, and in it, he does something, and all of a sudden, it dawned on me like, whoa, that's hardcore. And he like, he just turns on the practical. I've got to. It's basically he's killing a person who had or. When you phase somebody, they just dis- disappear, basically. And he had to do this to someone he was cared about and who probably could have been salvaged or whatever. It's almost like a Bond moment when Bond kills the woman in his life at the moment. You know what I mean? And you're like, whoa! Like, Bond is like, mm-hmm. that's some cold hard shit. And, that, and then his reaction to it and stuff. And I just, all of a sudden, it's changed the next generation for me. And I've watched him for 20 years. And so, not maybe this episode specifically will give you if you like Star Trek at all next generation specifically watch them again they're on Netflix if you've got it you might find a little nugget in there for why because you can't love all the characters all the time you know I lean toward one or the other and and I've never been a Riker person and now I'm watching him more carefully and I I know that sounds like a weird geeky thing maybe but I'm not a geeky Star Trek person. Was that too much of a spoiler for Star Trek the next generation? It's now? been on for many years now. What? They'll yeah, figure. They knew Riker is. And then my other ones are um because we got a reference to this yesterday. I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Club Factory. We call it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You call it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We watched we well, we actually watched the Royal Variety performance right. which we it's a tradition we watch it every year. It's the if British. you're American, you probably don't know what it is, but it's um, the Queen in, in England. The um, what would you call it? The uh, entertainers of Britain and the world, even, um, come together in the London Palladium, and they put on a show for the Queen or and the royal a, family. And it's an evening's entertainment, and it's the very Queen's posh and kind of the Queen's not always there. This year it was Prince Charles and Camilla, but um, it's an evening. and it's a proper. V- Variety, variety show. show. They have comedy and singing, and, and it stuff. is a variety show in every sense. And of in the this word. one, they had a little bit of the the what we call it the West End. There, it's not Broadway, but it's like Broadway, but you call it the West End of London. There, their production of Charlie and Chocolate Factory, which I hated. and I was like, oh, that's not Charlie and Chocolate Factory. <laughs> it's horrible. And that made me think I want to watch it again. So I'm telling you to watch Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. That's the only one. I don't hate the Johnny Depp one, but it definitely was a little bit too creepy for me. At times, what I love me. about the Royal Variety performance while we're on that is we watch it once a year, and I feel like that is as much musical theatre as it can take <laughs> for the entire year. And I get it distilled into two hours there because there's a you know, it like we say, it's everything. It can be um, Jesse J is singing, and then next it's um, you know, well, we had Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige, my favorite singing. things like yeah. a Christmas song. Just one of those things. And then it'll be a comedian, and then it'll be the winners of uh, Britain's Got Talent, and then it'll be um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like snippets of musicals. And this, by the way, is a... No, it wasn't. They also did a little snippet of the latest Andrew Lloyd Webber It was Sam Mendes who'd uh, put together the right. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it was just too... It was just modern and not... Not that we're not modern. No, I didn't like the vibe of it, it at all. Either. It reminded me... I was like, oh, no, that's... You know the bit with the televisions? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a bit like Tim Burton's movie. In some exactly. Way. A little so, bit mean-spirited. Uh, like a little bit, Yeah. you know. 
And that's just because we're bringing all of our nostalgia to it. So that's my second one. And my third one is because you mentioned to me and I had forgotten, but Sweeney Todd. And I don't know how, I don't know why, but from the first time I watched Sweeney Todd, in fact, I watched it three times the first time I watched it. I was in a hotel by myself in Maryland. I'd gone there for work. I had it on my laptop. I sat down and watched it, and I was transfixed. I had my headphones on. I turned up really loud, and I watched it three times in a row that night. Another piece of musical theater brought to a movie. And I loved it. I can maybe it's because of the circumstances. So you might like the stage show of that. It depends, doesn't it? Because I I don't like that super campy stuff. I just don't. Mister, mm. but um, I've seen it Sasha Baron small Cohen's shows. In, uh, you know what I like? I like small musicals. Like I've been to little community theaters where the cast is all local people. Like, I don't generally like the musicals. But the though. thing is, I appreciate their effort because they're coming to do their practice. After they've been at work all day, they've been a nurse, they're a doctor, they're a lawyer, they're the girl who works at the gas station, they're a student, they're a teacher, and they come here after hours and learn all that shit and do it really well. I think that's the thing about big budget musicals to me, the ones that you would go to Broadway to watch here. The things I feel about them, and I only see snippets of them, but I can get the general idea of what they are, is they they feel like they've never progressed. They might be a different subject that they're dealing with. I'm not sure if that's true because well, like, War Horse of it is apparently just... was really innovative. Which one? War Horse was on the stage and it was really... Yeah, and those are the ones which I might like where it's like technically different or, you know, but the ones where, and it seems to me a lot of them are... Well, it's a stage and an audience. You yeah, can't... but the, but they've, there's a very distinct thing about it. I can't put my finger on it, but it's very... Not very natural. But it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm thinking somebody has probably turned it on its head somewhere. Oh, sure. And those are the ones I'd be interested in, probably. That's what I mean. Community theater often is the place where, you know, you get the innovations, maybe, because most people want the big... Like, there was a clip from one this on the Royal Variety performance, like a really stupid one about, like, the X Factor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There was some good singing. I I, I didn't like the... I don't think that's fair, because you haven't seen it. Well, from what I saw, it was completely... I would not want to see it, is what I'm saying. No, they're just taking the piss out of it, though. That's the idea. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And But I didn't find it that funny, and it was like... I don't know. I don't like that kind of thing, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Doesn't make it I'm, stupid. I'm sure this val- I'm sure it's valid, and people pay loads of money to go and see it every day. But... It's entertaining. It's true escapism, I think, theater. Big-time theater. It's so expensive, as well. That's yeah. the other thing about theater. <laughs> if you want to go and see that... X Factor One, for instance, whatever that is called, or it's for a hundred dollars or yeah, easily, easily, yeah, uh, and it, it's like woo, you know, so it makes it kind of elitist a little bit too. Definitely elitist. Yeah, but our community theater, it's only like seven dollars. So that's why sometimes I like it when movies like Chicago or, take a musical and make it. But then sometimes I'm like, you no, don't love them all. I still now. don't love them all either. Like I couldn't. I wouldn't want to watch Evita, and I know that doesn't sound fair, but... Well, Les Miserables, I, I do not want to watch it. I saw the clips at the Oscars, and I was like, <laughs> that, that was looks really depressing. I've... I don't want to see that. Oh, I don't care about depressing. I mean, I don't mean about depressing. I mean, it's all singing. They talk to each other in singing. That is my least favorite, like also. Like Evita. And it just doesn't look like something I would enjoy. I can tell you I won't enjoy it. Like, But there again, I enjoyed Dreamgirls. Yeah. I just like the songs. I thought, you like Chicago? I did. I did like. Did you like um, Moulin Rouge? Yeah, because it because it turned it on its head. It had contemporary music 
mixed with, you know, they sing in Nirvana, they sing in, like, an old... Mm. Sc- it, it, I like that. that. That's what I did like about that one. So that was the end of our review of musical theater. Yeah, so... <laughs> All musical theater falls in the same category. So games and Ace Scully stuff this week. We played a very special game this week, and you sat and watched the whole thing, and it was The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 1. I'm definitely not going to spoil the game at all. No. Um, but I'll give you this review of it. In the first five minutes, Sid Talk was crying. <laughs> Correct. And uh, and that was before the credits. Before it even said The Walking Dead, the title card came up. Correct. And then you said, oh, I'm crying already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shit. Like, like, water in my glasses. I think like... it was a really good opening to the season. Like, um... I was looking at reviews of it the other day, like on IGN and stuff after we'd played it, and it, they were all saying that they didn't like it. Hmm. And I was like, did you play the same game as me? Because if you liked the first season, this, it's so, I mean, I mean, you have to have played the first season to connect with it. Definitely. You could play it standalone, but you but because you have all these ties to Clementine, you, the main you feel like you've gone through a lot with her. Do you think a lot of dudes, I'm not trying to be sexist, but whatever, they don't fucking identify with their feelings, so they're like, I don't be a fucking little girl. I don't mm. be some stupid I little girl. I think there would be some of that, yeah. And it's really emotional. Like, it's it's dark, and it's, you know, zombie apocalypse. That's what Walking Dead is. Zombie people walking around. So it's gory. I mean, it isn't, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a really gory I scene mean, in this. I mean, you have to, and even though the art is very comic booky come to life. So it's not... There's no realism to it at all whatsoever. But there's something about the, the pace and the way they do every scene that it... I am... My... my Whatever my brain... My mind is, is drawn into it completely. And I'm... Yeah, it did. I transform it to live action almost. And I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of all kinds of things. Like, she walks up to a garbage can and I can smell it. She walks up to a zombie guy tied to a tree and I can smell him. And I can feel how creepy that would be. And it's just the way it's done. I'm there. Now, I don't know if it would be the same if I was playing it. Like, controlling it myself. So that might subtract some of that... uh, No, it doesn't. Because I feel the feels from it. Now, I don't know if people (laughs) aren't able to... Like, just... Like, you just let yourself go. Like, I'm Clementine, and that's it. And I, I admire Clementine. She's a tough little girl, and I and, feel and, for her. And I've and been I, through, like, I 10 hours her. of her yeah. stuff. Lee wanted to protect her. I want to protect her. And now she's on her own, and I, you feel all the stuff. Now, there are people who can identify with that. They refuse to, to let go of the masculine bullshit and be like, okay, I'm, I'm a, a vulnerable little girl. little girl who can actually really take care of herself most of the time, but she's vulnerable. She's not like Lee. Lee hmm. can kick everybody's ass, and he can pick up any big giant gun, and he can beat the shit out of a zombie, and he can jump off a building, and he can do all kinds of stuff. And he can lead people. He's a grown man. He's a big dude. And that gives men, I think, a sense of She has to use control. her wits a bit more and uh, yeah. emotions to like manipulate things. There's one... I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there's one thing where she meets somebody, and... She feigns a friendship just to get what she needs, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's interesting because, you know, in that situation, yeah, I think you kind of do anything to Yeah, survive. and she knows that now. Yeah. 
So, so you can't just rely on, I'm a big dude and I can just take care of myself, or I can pick up any weapon, or I can fight any fight. And it shows you quite clearly in this episode how vulnerable she is. Yes. With, yes. Um, but tough. Yeah. Like tough. There's a scene in this, that scene, <laughs> well, what I'm hinting at, which you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Is really, really, really hard to uh, play. And... Well, let's mention to everyone, you are a bit, you don't like... Medical things. No. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> and they don't. It, they don't cut away from it. It's a very graphic scene. Um, more graphic than most things you've seen. And in it's the other another game. moment where if someone, if you took a screenshot of that, and showed it to somebody who has no idea about the game, they'd be like, "What's the big deal?" Yeah, it's like a just it's like just a scribbly, the noises, the... it's a scribbly looking drawing of her. Plus, I'm in her at the time. Like, I you're being her. Yeah, yeah. like I'm. I'm totally bought that. That I'm, <laughs> yes. that I'm her. I don't know about people sometimes. I wonder. I think it's a fantastic series. I I want the next episode now. Like, we have to wait a month or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's $5. It's on everything, pretty much. If you played the first season, no-brainer. Just go and buy it. Um, What else have we been playing this week? Plants vs. Zombies 2. Um, It came out on tablet, what, three months ago? Two months ago? Um, You're the biggest Plants vs. Zombies fan. And let me say... In this house. Yeah, so when it came out, you were excited. I put it on your tablet, you played it. And I noticed, after about a couple of weeks, you stopped playing it. Not even a couple of weeks. So there was something... I was like, ah, I'll tell you the why three, didn't she play it through to the end? The three things I didn't like. One, the way it, you had to navigate the whole freaking world. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I hated that you couldn't see everything when you went into the map. I don't like maps and shit. I don't yeah. like that anyway. I'm not, a, I'm not an old school gamer person. I don't want to go around and like... Scroll, scroll, scroll. Where do I need to go? And couldn't figure out. And then it's just sort of like higgledy piggledy. You just pick what you want to do. And I didn't understand it. There was a grind element to that. To that absolutely. Well. And go back and do it again. It was also like again. every little thing that had to be opened was like you could buy it or you had to earn it. And you had to earn it by going back and redoing a bunch of shit over. Now in the old first one, I played mm. it like five times. Yeah. You didn't I need didn't encouragement to play no, it. No, I would yeah. go back and do it over and over and over and over. Just I'd get finished with one and be like, oh, I could do that better. I could do that again. Or, oh, I figured out a strategy. Let me see if I can do it. You know, whatever. This one, I was just like, oh, okay, I got to the next one. And then you get to the next one and it's exactly the same. Like, there's no, to me, there was no reason to go from world to world. Other than once you go from one world to, like, the pirate world and then the... the the table, I call it, looks different. Like, it's got some water. You yeah, know, I mean, like it's different It's a cartoon thing, so... Yeah. Once you do that a couple times, you're like, okay, I'm over it. And then you go to Wild West, you're like, okay, I'm over it. There's nothing interesting anymore. I didn't feel like I was moving forward or anything. It just was just blah. And, and they, just, they designed it around making money. And all those money. stupid little challenges. I don't like those. I don't like they in a regular game. That, yeah. Well, no, because you're doing... You did one that you had... Oh, those tried. are just actual levels. Now. I don't like those. I right. don't like that at all. I hate it. I want... Just progress, 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 progress. Don't give me a challenge. There's way less the of that, let me say. Oh, then, well, then, we then. haven't even explained what's happening here. This game has been patched this week. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is an older game that, that's been out a few months, but they took everybody's feedback into consideration. And not it's not just a small, like, oh, we've just changed a few things. They've almost rebuilt the game. Well, have, I don't think that, but I think I'd have to play it some more to realize any real differences. Now, definitely the map is different. They've took totally. the grinding element away, right? So now it's a, it's like it's more like the old one. There is a map now, but it's just like 
it's like a board game. It's like 1 to 20, and then there's a final boss. So you get a world, and instead of you having to look around the map, what do I have to do, what I have to do, you just go along in this straight line. You do one, it puts you on the next one. You do one, you put it on this. It's really easy. There's an arrow pointing to the one you're on when you load it up, so you know, oh, look, I'm on 17. That's where I start from. There's no, oh, where was it, where was it? Which was complicated last time. You don't even need a map as far as I'm concerned. The so, original was fine. You open up the game and on the menu... This is way better, though, than it was. Yeah, but it could be better and be like the old one. Um, and then it, they took away the grinding element. So what they had before was you had to keep going back and doing the level three times. Every level you had to do three different times to fill in the three gold stars to, to make it so you finish that whole level. They've took that away completely, so each level's just one thing now. It's n- there is no going back to do anything. You just carry on going. Um, they've took away the thing where you would have to buy anything with money. You can buy some things with money, but it's really not necessary at all. Nice. Um, it's the biggest backpedal I've ever seen from EA. And EA are usually hell-bent on doing what they're doing, but... Money, money-grabbing bastards. Yeah, they basically <laughs> just took all that away, all the stuff that was the money-grabbing bit, and made it into a better game, which I, you can't, you can't complain about. Yeah, because you can't kill it, and it's if you, free. If you, if you did that, and people like me, because I paid for the game twice, the original right. game, I bought it two times, twenty dollars each time. I, I think I paid for it more than two times. I bought it two times, and this time it was free, and they wanted me to buy a bunch of stuff to get further along in the game, or whatever. And I gave up on it, it really fast. Been, it so if you been say to me, here's $20, the game is like the old one, except a lot new things, like looks, new zombies, new plants, and all that kind of stuff. That's all I want. I don't need all... I don't think so anything they, else. So they messed up, really, because they... Now, two months later, they fixed it. It's a lot better. It's really... In fact, I'm playing it again. Like, I'd lost interest, and now I'm like, oh, I want to do another level. I want to do another level. So that works. It got us all back to playing it. But they've messed up in a big way because they took no money off people like me and you. Oh, they took loads of money, though. There's going to be lots of people. They did, but not off, every, not off the fans. The fans never paid for this new game. Right, but they probably made millions and millions of dollars, and that's why they're able now to just be like, okay, it's Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Well, it's free, isn't it? So, yeah. And eventually, the first game was free, wasn't it, if you remember? They gave it away on Halloween to everybody if they wanted it. After two years. Yeah, but what I'm saying is a game ends up you know, they're not selling any more copies. Why not? Like, it's just publicity, isn't it? So that's Pants vs. Zombies 2. It's on Android and iOS. You can go and get it. It's free. Uh, and it's de- definitely worth playing if you like that game. I've also been playing some more Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. I think I'll be playing that for months because it's so huge. I just keep picking it up, playing a bit, putting it back down. And finally, we've been playing a bit more Batman Arkham Origins, which is the origin story of Batman. It's kind of cool. It had a big twist in the middle that we figured out last night that wasn't expected. Well, we doesn't include me, so that's why I'm not talking. Me and my nephew playing it. We got to a section and realized there was a huge twist that we didn't expect, and it was kind of cool. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, that's on the 360. That's where we're playing that one. And that's it. So, Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Veggie burgers. From a little company called Morningstar, in case anyone's interested. Some sweet potatoes, zucchini, and some pea soup. And I made some homemade leftover oatmeal. I wondered what that was in the fridge. I thought you'd made some porridge. It was porridgey. Well, I mean, it was oatmeal, but I'd... No, I thought you'd made porridge for your breakfast and just not ate it. 
I had, and that's why it was left over. Oh. I ate some of it. Austin and I ate some of it. Right. Porridge meaning you cook oatmeal with milk, basically. And that's and brown what... sugar. Mm-hmm. So then I made, took the extra oatmeal and put some flour and an egg and some vanilla and whatnot. I didn't measure anything. It turned into cookies. It's got a little bit of peanut butter in there. So we'll see. They look fine, but you never know. <laughs> you never and your know. advice is? My advice is two things. One, first thing is very important. Don't ever leave orphan bullets in your bullet lists in your documents. It's very annoying to people like me. And this is because you did and I had to tell you. So if you have a bullet list, bullet, bullet, bullet thing, bullet thing, bullet thing, bullet thing, bullet, nothing. Nothing in the last bullet that I you know, drives me crazy. Do you know why there was an extra bullet? I, I was going to add somebody else and then didn't. Oh, I don't care. Then you take the little delete, the back the back button, and you just go back and get rid of that freaking bullet. Because it's just like endless possibilities. I don't know why, but it really bugs me. And on another different note, a thing that I just realized, you know, going to family holidays and whatnot, and you realize, and at work, and in groups of people, and even between you and I, there are, well, it's not really between you and I, because we kind of either agree or we agree to disagree on views of anything in life. At all. All things in life. But if you're one of... Well, I don't know. You might not realize you're one of these people. And a lot of people think I'm one of these people, but I'm totally not. Like an unwavering ex, ex, um, absolutist about an idea or a belief or a thing, you know, a politics thing, or a religious thing, or whatever. Like, well, if you don't believe in God, you don't come in this house. That kind of right. shit. I don't know why I give it that accent. I don't either. <laughs> Maybe because that's what I've heard in my own life, that exact kind of thing. But like, okay, I'll say it a different way. Well, if you don't believe in God, you're never coming to this house for Christmas Can again. Can you say it like a Cockney? Don't believe in God. No. <laughs> that's, like- that's a New Jersey, right? I was thinking Godfather. Fargo. Don't believe in God. Fargo. Yeah. You say it. You say it your way. My way. Yeah. If you don't believe in God. Don't come in this house again. Don't come in this house again. Right. Now think I can't about do a that. Company, by the way. Think about that. So now you're surrounded by your family. They've all come to your house for Christmas and you're the unwavering person. And maybe you don't realize it. But if you look around, maybe your mom has come to Christmas or your kid or your cousin, even your grandmother or your best friend came with their kids you might know your best friend but maybe their wife is there and you're looking around and you are maybe it's not the topic of conversation but if one of them were to say in contrast to what you think or believe something just in passing like as a discussion and you will then what how do you make that person feel or what do you how do you do you exclude them then? Do you tease them? Do you poke at them? Do you roll your eyes at them? Do you make some snarky joke about it? Do you I mean, I've been told, you know, things like if you don't believe I've seen it with my own eyes, a father grab a young boy of 10 years old and say, "You will not be a democrat in this house or you're get, I'm throwing your ass out in the street." Now, that that's what I'm talking about. How do you... And then when you you think everybody agrees with you. But do you realize they don't all agree with you? And how you must make them feel. Like maybe your son doesn't believe in God. Or maybe your son doesn't ever vote for Republicans. And he's 40 years old and you're 60 years old. And you're convinced your son is a straight up Republican. And, you know, he knows he can't tell you. 
because you'll reject him because you make fun of other people who don't vote Republican. You say hateful things about other Republic uh, Democrats. You say horrible things about the president if he's a Democrat. So your son's sitting there with that whole big topic hidden from you because you won't love him as much or you won't show as much love toward him or whatever it is. And it applies to men and women too. There's not, it's all, it's not exclusive. This can happen with anybody that people get very, 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 now, I like to discuss things. That doesn't mean that I want you to agree with me. And a lot of people take it that way. Like if someone says something, pray for somebody or whatever, and I say, well, I don't think praying doesn't really do any good, but, you know, I'll think about them or whatever. They think that is an oppressive thing to say because, because it's not what they believe. It's okay for someone to say to me, I'll pray to God for you. Because they've definitively now told me there's a God, I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to do you some good. And if I turn around and say, well, I don't, I don't believe in any of that, like there isn't any God to me, or you know, praying is just, it's nice thoughts and everything, but I'm being inappropriate. Now, if you do that in a situation where the person with the, like if I were to then turn around to somebody and say, get out of my house. You don't talk about praying in this house. Like, that's what I envision can happen in people's houses. I've been listening to people. So you're saying do make people feel like... What's your advice? No. Because your advice is conflicting with what you're saying, what I'm reading. No, I'm saying, do you make people feel unwelcome? Is that your... That's not advice, though, is it? That's just a statement. No, my advice is to think about it. Right. Think about your own beliefs. If you're aware that you're very, very, like, narrow in your vision of the world and... That is what it is. When you only think one thing is the truth and that everything else is bullshit. I mean, absolute truth. And that everybody else needs to catch up with you because you've figured it all out. Now, how do you think that makes people feel when they don't agree with you? Just think about it. Like, look at some people. And my other question is, do you have family or friends that don't come around you anymore? Do you have children who've grown up and they just never quite make it home they just don't quite, I don't know all the reasons it can be, but some of the reasons in, in my own family, it's because, well, hell, I'm not going to be around mom all day if she's going to preach at me. Like, and she won't let me even talk about it. She won't discuss it. She, It's just, it's her way or no way. I'm not going to go be around that all day. So, you know, just think about how you, and I might, you know, be imposing to other people because I disagree with a lot of things, but I don't really care what you think. I mean, I don't care what you think about your thing. I care about you. But your view doesn't offend me or bother me. It means I want to discuss it with you. I want to point out to you what I think about it. And then I want you to then explain to me why you think it. I don't want you to sit there and roll your eyes and be like, well, that's just what I think and that's just how it is. Just tell me why. So it's a whole big topic. (laughs) It's growing. But you get the idea. I've seen it. I've seen you talking to people on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Another, the other thing is, you know what? I see so many people are wishy-washy. They don't ever really say what they think. They don't ever really say their view about life or any solid thing. They'll hide behind a meme, as you call it, little images on Facebook. They'll like things that other people have said, but they will never sit down and write two or three paragraphs about something with their own words and their own experiences. Most people will never write two or three paragraphs 
Most people's Facebook things are very... Yeah, but I'm not talking about Facebook. I'm talking about in life, then. Does that mean you wouldn't sit and have an, the equivalent of a two or three paragraph conversation with me? I think probably not. Some people. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm not just saying on Facebook. I'm saying in life, there are people who will ne- They'll just keep their little mouth shut and be like, oh, Well, I just disagree with that, but I'm just not going to say anything because... <laughs> All right, so advice <laughs> taken. So let me remind you about our website, ascully.com, sidtalk.com. Catch us on Twitter. I'm at ascully, you're at sidtalk. You can catch this podcast on Stitcher, the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email sidtalk. Stay classy, Mr. Army, 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 Hammer, and... Merry Christmas to everybody. And I'm not religious, but I still say Christmas. Whatever. (laughs) You're commenting on another thing that I wrote a whole bunch about, aren't you? Oh, fucking people with their Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday Season greeting. Who gives a shit? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Merry thingy. And it doesn't even matter. And in one of my comments, I said, if your beliefs are, oh, have... If you think that the root of your beliefs is that Jesus Christ was born 2,000 years ago, right? And that then turned Christianity into the Christianity you believe in. Do you think in that moment that Jesus, or when he died on the cross 33 years later, and when God took him up to your heaven and all this stuff, that they gave a shit that 2,000 years from then, that some clerk in a store was going to say to you, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? How self-absorbed can you be? So I'm not... Merry, on that festive spirit. <laughs> happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. Merry happy Christmas. Everything. How about just have a happy life? Happy. Happiness. Happy. Yeah, you know, there's going to be some bad stuff, but try to make the best of it. <laughs> but have, a, have a happy Christmas. Hope you get some nice presents. Think for yourself or well, someone's going to do it for you. 